Welcome to another episode of the Dead Serial Podcast. I'm your host, LJ. On this episode, I'm excited to sit down with Joey Briggs out of L.A. He's the front man for the punk rock and roll band, The Briggs. He also has an awesome solo career that he's kicked off within the last decade or so. Uh, we sit down and kind of catch up with Joey, see what he's been up to. Uh, I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. So without further ado... Joey, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Hanging out here in Los Angeles. Nice. Well, and you are the front man for the rock and roll band, The Briggs, and you also do some solo shit under Joey Briggs. Yeah. And uh, I've been harassing you on and off for over a year now to, to come on my podcast, <laughs> and you finally took the bait for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It's like sometimes I feel like if I if I don't have like a lot going on, I, you know, I'm just like, well, what do, what, do I, what do I have to talk about? You know, I'm just like I'm just I'm just sitting around being a dad and, and uh, you know, so like sometimes I just feel like, you know, if I don't feel like I have enough of enough of a, of a of something cool to talk about, you know, I'm just like, ah, what's the point? <laughs> and I can respect that. But it seems like you, you do have quite a bit or at least a little bit going on right now. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Got some stuff going on. Yeah, it's been fun. You know, we're finally actually – getting off getting off our ass a little bit and and um and uh putting some stuff together i mean yeah we did a re-release for numbers this year um which is pretty pretty exciting i mean basically that record's been gone for probably close to a decade like it's it um you know disaster records which was Dwayne peter's label was has been defunct for for some time now Okay. And once it went out of print, like once they once the, the the copies were gone, they were gone. Like it was like and and then they and even they didn't even keep it up on on iTunes or in any of the the uh, digital formats. So it was just it was just it was just gone, you know. Right. It was just kind of depressing for me because it's like you know it was my first real like what I would consider my first real you know like record you know, that was like on a label and stuff like that. And, and it's it was a killer fucking album from 2003, if I recall correctly. Oh, thank you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we recorded in December, 2002 and then yeah, came out in 2003 and yeah. So, I mean, like I, I, um, I, I was pretty bummed out that it, that it didn't exist. And then when, when the owner of the label had hit me up about, about, taking it off his hands because he didn't want to do anything with, with any of the stuff that was on disaster. So, uh, so I did that. I went, you know what, I'm going to take it. I will, I will actually do want it and I'll, I'll put it out myself. And, you know, as that way it still exists, you know, I feel like it's a, it's a pretty, pretty, um, it, it, it's really true to that particular time. I feel like too, like in that sort of early two thousands, late nineties kind of vibe where things were, were kind of in that, in that mode. It's, it's, it's to me, it's, it's so it's, it reminds me of, of that exact moment in time and how things were, you know, with the scene and stuff. So, nice. Um, yeah. So like, you know, it's even though like there's certain things about it that obviously if I were to do it as an, as you know, as a musician now it would be, would be different, but whatever, you know, it is what it is. It's kind of a piece of 
history is kind of a piece of my musical history anyways. Well, I think it's awesome to see it again on streaming services like Spotify and to be able to tune into it and have it readily accessible because it is not to toot your ego, but it is a killer album. And uh, I can see what you're saying where it kind of sets a tone and a pacing for the music scene or punk rock and particularly at that time. And I was just jamming some of the albums of the Briggs the past few days, kind of getting amped up for this interview with you. And it was nice to be able to return to that on that format. I, I hate to admit that I, my go-to is Spotify for music, man. <laughs> well, you know, it's so it's so easy, you know, it, and it is like everything's at your fingertips. I, I personally don't, uh, I don't have it, but I, but I, I used just like the free version for for many years, um, and yeah, it's just no, it's great that you can just look something up and 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 boom, it's there, and there's just so much so much, you know, just available to you. Actually, funny enough, I guess I, this is probably even at this point sort of archaic, at least as far as the kids go, is that I YouTube is for, for listening to music. So like whenever I'm looking up a band or whenever I want to listen to a record, I'll just like type in, you know, so-and-so band, full full album. <laughs> I'll just nice. try and find it on YouTube <laughs> so I can listen to it in my car or whatever if I, if I don't have the record. So... But yeah, no, I, I, I uh, but I, I don't give a shit. Like I don't, I don't have any, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I, I think that there are certain practices that, that Spotify do that are probably not the best, you know, but I think that it's so, it's, it's such a weird gray area. It's such a hard, it's sort of, it's, it's such a hard topic really to tackle as far as like, you know, um, streaming, royalties versus obviously buying a song you know what i mean and how that all yeah. kind of works i mean i know they came under fire like just in the last week because of their you know because they the whole songwriting um uh lawsuit and trying to you know whether it was 40 percent or whatever they're trying to uh cut out of the out of the royalties and stuff like that so i mean that's just pretty fucked up but 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 i but i also like in the same in the same breath as like I'm on the side of songwriters for sure when it comes to when it comes to royalties and rights just because I really do feel that um, it 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 is not in our favor in most in most respects you know what I mean there's almost there's pretty much no situation where you could say that artists are overpaid for, for they create, <laughs> you know um, so but. Is but I also at the same time always like to play devil's advocate and kind of look at it from all all angles and uh, objectively and kind of see where they're coming from and, and and see what what makes sense for for all parties involved, you know. Well, and that I think maybe a good point. I didn't want to jump right into the the latest single that you guys just released, mm -hmm. uh, but I think this is a good segue to that. But. Uh, I'm obviously talking about the Cox Park cover of Because You're Young mm -hmm. with the Briggs featuring Matt from uh, Noise. Yeah. Fucking phenomenal cover, dude. Oh. I played it for my homie the other day and he's like, what? I'm like, wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. It gets better. Um, but I found it interesting that you guys just threw that right up on Bandcamp 
Um, you would have to tell me the exact URL for that, uh, bandcamp.com slash the Briggs. I think it's the, Is it's, that right? the it's the Briggs dot bandcamp.com. We'll roll with that. Yeah. Uh, but not on iTunes, not on Spotify. Didn't give a shit. Went right to Bandcamp, dropped four bucks for it, and picked it up because you guys, the way you led up to the release of that and teasing it on Instagram and then dropped it on Bandcamp, I was a little bit impressed. But I was curious to ask you, is that really due to the royalty beef with streaming services like Spotify? Or do you guys feel like maybe even iTunes and Apple Music are fucking the artists a little bit, maybe, to put it bluntly? Or what was the main decision that drove you guys to just throw it up on Bandcamp? Well, it's it's sort of the the it's sort of the ease of it, to be perfectly honest. Like, um, well, there's a there's a few different things. There's a, there's the logistic uh, aspect of it that you know um, when you're doing a cover, it's it's especially if you're gonna try and if you're gonna sell a cover. You know, you go through a lot more red tape. So it's it and and uh, my my idea when it when it came up is that you know I I had um I had actually played that song just like uh just a random video I had I had just recorded myself playing that song on acoustic and it got really good response. A lot of people were just like, "Oh, dude, you should do cover of that." Um, and so I started putting together um a a a version of it. And then um, I, 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 we go back back pretty pretty far with the the noise guys, but like just on a very um, on a long distance relationship. We had met a long time ago in the past, but sort of just kind of stayed friends on social media and stuff like that. But anyways, they were in LA, and then I just kind of came up with the idea. Oh, it'd be rad! I'm doing this cover. It'd be really cool if you if. Uh, you wanted to jump in on it and like, you know, make this thing together. Um, and then my, my brother, you know, who's the guitar player for the Briggs and he's like super producer guy. And he just got into the, he just, <laughs> he couldn't just cause I had it. My, my version was way more stripped down and it was very simple. And he just kind of jumped in and really wanted to make this whole, uh, you know, crescendo of, of, of it starting off quiet and ending off big and stuff. Um, but anyways, so we kind of, it, it ended up growing into like a much bigger production than I was anticipating. I was really just saying, Hey, let's just put, let's, let's do this version real quick and just throw it up online. It'll just be fun. It'll just be a cool little thing. Um, so it was really supposed to be more of a relaxed kind of just like, Hey, it's, you know, just the Briggs and, and noise just jamming out this tune. But then it kind of, it got, it, it grew, it grew into this sort of like epic kind of ballad sort of version of the song. And, um, but that was, but the idea was originally was just to throw it up on Bandcamp for as a free download. And even though we ended up like getting studio time and doing and spending like a, a ton of time on, on the thing. We were just, I was like, well, that's what we were planning on doing with it. So like what I'm not going to like, you know, now throw it up on a bunch of different places. Like that was just kind of the ideas, <laughs> but, um, that was a long way, a long way to tell you the story of how, of how it basically, um, you know, it, it, how it wound up just on Bandcamp and not nowhere else. But to be, but that is one of the reasons though, is just that like, doing a cover it's it's you know you you get into a lot of other logistics if you're selling it 
versus just giving it away for free. Giving away a song for free that, you know, your version right. of a song is very easy. You know, if you're trying to sell your, you know, your version of someone else's song, then you get into a lot of other shit. Well, people want their cut. Yeah. <laughs> and when there's probably not a lot to go around in the first place and you're spending money on studio time, because I imagine that that would cost a pretty penny or at least a dime. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just for, I mean, you've got to have some sort of monetarial benefit of, as an artist. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to some degree, I mean, at this point, you know, there's certain things that we do that's just a labor of love. You know, it's just it's it's something that that we all enjoy doing and it's fun for us to get together and and work on some shit. So, I mean, that's there's that there's that aspect of it, too. Once you, oh, yeah. Once you get up in, in, in age and you're not, you know, living on the road, like I basically, I mean, I, I, I was, it was so funny because I, right like a half an hour ago, I was, I was scrolling through Instagram and Sidewind Dummy had posted, you know, the 17 year anniversary of, uh, uh, Drunken Lullabies from Foggy Molly. Nice. Like, Killer album. I was like, holy shit! I was like, we're we were on the you know the Drunken Lullabies tour when it was when it came out, and I was like, that was fucking <laughs> seventeen years ago. Like, I don't feel that old, but I obviously am because I was I was already like on tour, you know, doing shit, uh, and and that wasn't even the first record. You know what I mean? That wasn't even their first record, and that was fucking seventeen years ago. It just blows my mind. It's insane how how quick time goes. I I had the courtesy of having Lenny Lashley on a few episodes ago, and yeah. obviously he's part of the Street Dogs now. Mm. And, and we've talked a little bit more about Lenny Lashley's Gang of One, but it did remind me that I was on the Street Team for the Savin Hill album, nice for the Street Dogs in two thousand three, dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy fuck! Yeah, we, yeah, we went up on the on their first tour to you know that that. The when they put out Savin Hill, we that first tour they yeah. did was with us, you know. I saw you guys at the Avalon, I believe it was on Lansdale Street in mm-hmm. 2003 for the first show of the Maiden Voyage tour for the Street Dogs. And that show was actually, I'd heard the Briggs before then, but I've never saw you guys before that. And that really caught my attention just. The energy and the sound and the way you guys delivered, I was kind of like, who in the fuck are these guys? <laughs> what were you doing in Boston? So at the time, I had a girlfriend, and uh, she was from Salt Lake City as well, but she had a scholarship to the School Museum of Fine Art out there. So I would go out there for four to eight days at a time ah. every month throughout the school year, and at one point, tried moving out there and burned through my savings within like four months <laughs> wasn't about to get a job flipping burgers had killer job opportunities waiting for me back home and, and honestly i missed the the hell out of the mountains yeah. and so i came back there you go. Fair <laughs> so it was somewhere in that chaotic scotch fueled time i spent in beantown <laughs> nice <laughs> wanted to keep kind of keep things going it seems like as opposed to talking about your albums coming up outside of Numbers, which was a, re- a re-release, which is awesome. The Cox Bar co- cover, Because You're Young. I got to talk to you a little bit about Control-Alt-Right-Delete. Okay. Because that single, I feel like, really 
hit home an extremely important message. Mm -hmm. And as far as punk rock and politics go and telling Nazis to go fuck themselves is something I can definitely get behind. Mm -hmm. And being a fan of the Briggs, speaking of being blown away, that track blew me away. And I'm a little bit curious. <laughs> you have a part of the lyrics that are in German uh -huh. in that song. What are you saying in German in that song? <laughs> um. Uh, if I can remember, I, I haven't listened to the song in a while, but I think I was saying basically like, you know, now you're saying Sig Heil and, you know, um, but it's kind of just a, it's sort of a joke because like you're not even, you know, it's, it's, you're, if, if Nazis were around, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be on the, on the right side of the, of the fight. That's <laughs> basically kind of what I was trying to point out. Uh, nice. You know, like it was sort of similar. Like I was sort of inspired by even just like from from Dead Kennedys. Uh, you know, Nazi punks fuck off. When Nazi he, punks this, fuck off. You know, he says if the third if the fourth Reich was here, you'd be the first to go. Kind of that was sort of the 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 mentality of it was sort of that kind of vibe. Because that I mean I I I speak German. I mean I started learning German about uh, ten years ago. And so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a native speaker, but, um, I just thought it would be kind of a funny, uh, it would be sort of a, an, an interesting perspective that here's a guy that is absolutely not, uh, in agreement with what you have to say yet how somehow I'm the one that understands the language and you guys are <laughs> walking around with fucking, uh, swastikas on your arms, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it was a, it was, it was an interesting thing. I, I was, it was, it was such a heated, it was such a heated um, topic at the time. Yeah, I mean, not that it isn't now, but it really just like it was right when it kind of started, where I was just like, what the fuck is going on? I was, I was so confused by this sort of very, this, this kind of white collar, um, you know, yuppie. Uh, white American thing that was in, and all these guys are like, you know, throwing up uh, Nazi salutes. And I was just like, this is so strange. Like, where the fuck, where am I living? What is, what is happening right now? Because I just remember, you know, like when I first started out in the scene, you know, in the late nineties and stuff like that, it was like, that shit didn't really fly. You know what I mean? That, that was. Oh, it absolutely so, didn't. That was such a, you know, that, and now that the, to see that be like trendy and cool with like the, the, the young kids and stuff, I'm like, whoa, 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 this is, I'm not, I'm not into this at all, you know, so. It was kind of like stepping into an episode of the Twilight Zone from my perspective and. Yeah. And it's, it was like the swastika in the sense of being a Nazi and being proud of it and wearing it as this bullshit emblem of pride and it reminded me a lot of the the whole confederate flag thing like you're waving a flag of the side that fucking lost yeah and how can you take pride in being a part of something my grandpa at 17 enlisted in the army to go and risk his life and stop yeah himself like 
do you now realize how bummed your grandpas probably are looking at you, you pieces of shit? And I don't know. I'm getting a little bit personal on it, but <laughs> hey, that was kind of my take. But I had to ask because I don't speak German. <laughs> <laughs> and I got this sense that the spirit of it was basically calling these guys out in that respect where you don't even speak the language of this supposed homeland yeah, that you think that you use sport think you belong to. Yeah. That's so. sort of the, that was sort of the mentality. I mean, yeah. And I mean, it was, it, to be honest, like I don't, we don't, it, the, I would say that the Briggs have never really been very, uh, political and, 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 in any respect, really, I don't know that there's any other song that takes such a specific <laughs> stance on things. <laughs> and I and I sort of I, I have to be perfectly honest. I, I I pretty much immediately regretted it just because you know you know how it is with that with the, that that particular topic and just in just politics in general. It just it just opens up such a can of worms with people and. And it creates such a conversation that is, unless you're really up for it, it's just, it's exhausting, you know? Yeah. So it just, it, it actually kind of, it actually was a little bit more than I, I, uh, was, was ready to take on as far as, as far as the, the conversation went, you know? And I had to kind of actually step away for a minute because it was just like, it just became so heavy. Now, <laughs> on both respects, it's not even just because of people that support, um, you know, the alt-right movement, but just in general, like there, everyone has their own take on it and it's so heated and it's so, and it's such a, it's so heavy to them that like no one can avoid, like no one can keep themselves from chiming in on, on, on the subject and they, and they, and it's such, it's just, and it's so heavy handed, you know, which yeah. it's fine. Opinions are fine and everyone can express what they want to express. But I don't, I just don't have all day to, to argue it out with people online. You know, I was just like, I'm, I'm done with this conversation. Like, Hey, whatever it's out there. Fine. Enjoy it. If you like it, if you don't enjoy <laughs> it, then go fuck off, whatever. It doesn't matter, but it's just a piece of art and it's there and you know, enjoy it or don't, but it's, it's, it's there. So, <laughs> well, I feel, I feel like it needed to be said and, and well done on you guys for, honestly taking the opportunity to voice your opinions in that respect. And from, a, again, my, my personal standpoint, I, I think it was something that needed to be said at that time. And, uh, I, I try to stay away from politics on the podcast, but more and more I'm throwing in Easter eggs of either Indiana Jones talking shit on Nazis or, Robert De Niro talking shit on Trump or whatever. And, and I think it is important to be vocal at times. And if something has to be said, you need to say it. And kudos to you guys for doing that at a time where I feel like we needed to. So much appreciated. Thank you. No, it, it was awesome, man. I mean, uh, outside of re-releasing numbers, new single, because you were young, control, all right, delete, uh, you guys obviously have the Opera IV cover night that you kick out. That that's an annual gig, is that right? Uh, yeah, like me and the drummer uh, and a couple of other friends, we do the the Opera IV um, 
cover thing every year. That's just a fun, just, that's just a fun thing we do around the holidays. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's just a, it's really fun though. I mean, it's, it's crazy. (laughs) Absolutely nuts. But, um, it, it looks like a killer time and I, I don't foresee operation Ivy playing any reunion shows anytime soon. So it's probably the closest thing the fans are going to get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think Jesse's ever going to budge on that one. I just, I could, I could see him never, never giving in at this point. <laughs> Cause I've thought about it so many times. I've been like, Oh, he's going to, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, just, you know, one time just like do an awesome show and, or like, you know, play punk rock bowling or, or write that be perfect. like that. But no, ma'am, he's not doing it, not budging on it. I'm like, <laughs> well, it's obviously he's not, he's not money motivated whatsoever. <laughs> pretty pretty yeah. impressive, I have to say, because like, you know, I'm sure they've been offered a ridiculous amount of money to do it. Oh, I guarantee they would sell out any venue that, that they booked. <laughs> so. I would be surprised if they didn't. Uh, outside of that, you just did, what was it, a Pacific Northwest tour just with Joey Briggs? Yeah. And how, how was that? What brought that up? That was fun. I'm like, I haven't, I haven't been out on the road in a while and, um, it's just been, it's been, it's been a little tough for me to, to, to get away. But, um, my, my friend, uh, uh, Jeff Berman from Divided Heaven, he's, he's very consistently on the road and constantly touring. And he had invited me to come with him to do this, to this trip. And, and, uh, we're very good friends and we'd actually, we've done a tour together before just the two of us and in his, uh, Prius. And, um, (laughs) and so like when he, he's like, yo, I'm just going up for like five, five shows. Like you want to do it? And I was like, perfect, let's do it. And, um, it was great. It was really fun. I mean, I, I, that I, there's, there's something I love about that, that aspect of things and, and that, uh, that dynamic. I, I do love, uh, the intimacy of, of, of just playing songs and, uh, there, and, and just, just with a room of people and there's not like all of the other instruments and the loudness and you can really kind of get in there. Uh, sometimes it doesn't translate and sometimes it doesn't work as well as I'd like it to, but there were a few shows on that tour that were perfect. It was, they, they really, they really got it. It was totally the exact vibe that I was looking for where that, where everyone kind of, you know, is singing along and fully getting the, the, the purpose of that of that environment is to just be like, Hey, here's the songs they are stripped down. We can even like talk about it a little bit and like, you know, discuss the meaning of it. And like, um, so, you know, it, it's cool. Like when I, when I had first started doing the, the, the solo thing, which was like almost like a decade ago now, um, <laughs> I, you know, again, time catching up yeah, to us. <laughs> exactly. You know, and there's, there's like the, the, the pros and cons of it, you know, the pros being that it's, it has that kind of cool, uh, intimate, uh, personal vibe to it. And then obviously the, the downfall and cons of it is just that like most people want to hear loud, loud shit. And, you know, and in, and I can understand like if, if, if I'm going to sit in a room 
with like four singer songwriters, I'm going to just fucking go insane. Like I can't just like listen to a bunch of dudes with acoustic guitars all night. So like, I, I totally <laughs> understand the the aspect of just like, you know, that not totally being the ideal vibe of, of just, you know, stripped down music. Um, but the, just finding that sort of that, that healthy balance, because like, I have to do I have to do the loud stuff because that's kind of that's like where my 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 soul is and that's actually where I belong is is like screaming and yelling and being super loud. Nice. Um, but then it's fun. Like it's there's there's the it, there is that really cool aspect of just like being in a room of people and everyone singing singing together. And it's and it's more in unison, and it's and it's uh, uh, there's there's less of a divide. I feel when it's when it when it comes to the when it comes to the the solo thing, um, and then also just the as far as like musically going and and and, and lyrically like my solo stuff is so much more just autobiographical. It's just more of just like what what I've gone through, what I, what I'm doing on the road, what it's like being me, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's, it's, yeah. it's a little bit, um, it's, it's, it's way more specific to my personal situation versus maybe something that's a little bit more broad of a subject, uh, that would be like in a Briggs song. So anyways, that's just, I don't know that, 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 when I that that it was it was really fun to go and do do some again because I haven't quite been out in a while and and some some of the the crowds that we played to were absolutely amazing and it was it was a really really great uh, great time and uh, you know we just we just did the the flogging Molly show in L A. Yep, on Patty's Day. On St. Patty's Day. Totally. Which I was going to bring up next, yeah. and, and not to interrupt you real quick, but um, just real quick on the, the acoustic sets huh. and the, the intimacy that's there with you and your audience. I'm a sucker for some acoustic mm-hmm. punk rock. And, uh, you know, I, obviously you've done some things for Dying Scene that are available on YouTube, which are phenomenal acoustic versions of some Briggs songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I would encourage you if it's worth a damn to, to keep that shit up. Cause I think that's awesome. And uh, I would love to catch an acoustic set. Oh, cool. But Thank you. it was just, you're welcome. It was just Patty's day. You guys did just play a live show, uh, the Briggs with flogging Molly in LA. Uh-huh. Uh, was it more so Hollywood? Yeah. Where, where was the venue? Hollywood Palladium. Nice. Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, like, you know, we, we actually, it was, it was funny because, um, as as when we, when we showed up and we, we were sound checking in the morning and, um, and then, and, and the the bus, the bus was parked right outside of the venue and, and, and Matt came out and he was and we were, we started chatting and, and I was like, holy fuck, like, it seems it doesn't seem like it, but like the last time we toured together was in um, in two thousand six. So like 
it had been 13 years we'd actually been on the road together which was so bizarre um but yeah so like because we yeah because we have done i mean we've done basically uh three u.s tours european tour a couple of warp tours together with those guys so we spent like a good solid like year on the road together but yeah it's been a long time since we actually have 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 uh, have have toured together. I've seen I've seen a couple of guys here and there. Like Nathan, I've probably seen the most. But um, but yeah, no. So it's been it actually had been quite a quite a, quite a long time. So it was it was fun to to kind of reconvene and and chat and and have a good time. But yeah, no, it was it was it was really cool. It was a really fun event, and um, they they really they really you know, that their whole, what I love about Flogging Molly is just that like, you know, it's so much about their live performance and it's so much about just that, the energy of the show. And I don't think, that, oh, I don't put on a phenomenal set. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't honestly feel like their, their records can ever hold up to that, to that live show, you know, not as a, as meaning it as a disrespectful thing, it's just as you know, I'm just, I'm always so impressed by the way they play. And I'm always so impressed by the way I feel when they play, you know, just like the yeah. amount of energy that, that they, they give off. And it's just, it, it it's so insane, you know? And I actually, um, I, I went, I had a friend of mine had given me this really fucking cool hat earlier right after we played and um and uh when i we were i was hanging out during um during face to faces set chatting with some friends and then as the moment flogging molly hit the stage i was like you know what i'm gonna fucking go and i'm gonna go in the pit and i'm gonna have <laughs> this is gonna be awesome and then like i immediately re regretted it like probably two seconds in like my hat went flying off i fell <laughs> to the ground with like three other people like they just kind of all toppled on each other and then like i got you know lifted up by by people everyone was being very respectful but still like you know it's just a train wreck and then it got up and then like maybe five seconds later i i got n knocked by someone else and went flying to the ground and i was just like oh man <laughs> i got out of the pit after that point and I was like i don't think i can do this anymore <laughs> this might i might i might be done with that stage of my life <laughs> we have uh i i know what you're talking about we we had a local musician a, a friend of mine who passed away a few years ago here in Salt Lake City and the hardcore scene put together a benefit show. Um, I, they actually did a 21 plus one, one night and an all ages the next night. Mm -hmm. And the all ages one after a real Salt Lake game, I think we might've actually played LA galaxy and lost that night. But then we cut out, went down to the bar, caught a local legends clear, uh, kind of a big deal to hardcore music here in Salt Lake City and, and caught their set. And that wasn't too bad. So the next night I thought I would be absolutely fine and, and got in the pit a little bit and got front and center. And the next day swore I was never doing that again. 
<laughs> Being in your mid to late 30s as opposed to your early 20s or late teens, yeah. it takes a total different beating, dude. <laughs> I know. It really does. It really so does. I, I feel you on that note. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, it's funny because like it, it, it was probably my last, it was my, my last attempt, um, since, since the last time I did it, which was when, when Cox Bar was playing at, at punk rock bowling and pretty much the, almost the exact same thing happened other than just the <laughs> fact that I was just like, I was like standing at the front of the stage. I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. This is going to be so rad. It was a club show. And like, this is super intimate, super small. And, um, and then like, yeah, like 20 seconds in, just beers flying all over, all over the place. I'm getting elbowed in the face and I'm just like, cool, I'm going to hang out in the back of the room. So I yep. watch the show and enjoy it and sip my beer. I'm going to put my earplugs <laughs> in and go back there. <laughs> some, you know, some dude, like, I was like, all right, cool. So I don't, I uh, honestly, like I, I love the idea of it. I love the the concept of a pit, but I think at this point I'm I'm just I just enjoy a show more when I just watch it. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> We're getting old, I think is what that is. I think that's what it is. I hate to admit it, but um, no, dude, that that's awesome. I I am a little bit curious, you know, with the Briggs, you release a couple singles over the the last couple years. You play another live show with Floggy Molly, and I, is there maybe a potential Briggs comeback in the works here? Do you guys think a full LP or maybe even another EP like the self-titled Briggs album a few years ago is coming? Maybe a potential tour? Any spoilers you might want to let me in on? Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's been in discussion for sure it is something that we we have discussed um you know it's like it, it, we we kind of go back and forth with it and and um in our our schedules are so are so gnarly just like the, all of us are, are are so different in in our worlds and so that's that sometimes is what what kind of prevents us from doing things more often um, but you know, it has been discussed in it and, and definitely even just from this, even this last week, just with the, the, the energy of the, sh of, of, of the, 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 sh the shit that we've been doing and stuff like that has definitely, uh, created that, 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 that bug to, to, to do something. And I mean, for for me personally, I would definitely I would love to I would love to see that happen, and, um, and so would I. We would <laughs> and, we, and and it's I would I'd say that there's a, a very very strong possibility that we will we will be putting something together. I mean, you know that was our original conversation. Not that I I uh, you know I don't want to create any 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 rumors of something that might not ever happened, but I would hope that it would was that, you know, we had, when I had originally even chat with the dudes from noise, like our, our whole first idea was hey, let's put out a split together and let's, let's put out like a, you know, a split EP. 
Um, so you should do that too. That would be cool. And I think that would be a fun start. You know, I think because I mean, those dudes are great. And, um, I think, I think we, we gel together really well. And now that I see that, like, even when we work on a song together, it sounds really cool. So like I'd be, I'd be down to do some more, some more of that kind of collaboration and stuff like that. I mean, that's something that also really inspires me is just to collaborate with people, like with good people, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Have have some uh, some fun, some fun with it. I mean, you know, I I think that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of great artists too that you know have, are, are starting to do stuff again too, which is really exciting. You know, I mean, Agrilites are back out on the road and doing stuff and. That's well, and I believe they've got a a new LP coming yeah, out through super, Pirate Press Records as well. Yeah, which I'm super excited about. Those guys are great. They've always been a great band. Did a ton of stuff with those guys back in the day. Um, but yeah, anyways, I mean, like, I, I I think so. I think there's some stuff on the horizon, and and you know it. It kind of it kind of snowballs, you know. Once you start to like, once people start seeing you're doing stuff again, people start asking you, and and it, and it starts becoming a thing. And and it's kind of already started, you know. There's sort of been a lot of those <laughs> those questions and things. So uh, I would I would say that that there's a pretty pretty strong possibility that'll happen. Nice, pretty strong possibility, but neither confirming nor denying that maybe a new album sometime <laughs> in the near future I'll, or late I'll future. I'll give it that nice and big. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I would just hope uh, it may be at least a small tour that would include Salt Lake City somewhere in there yeah. would uh, would what? come shortly after. You know, I, have, I haven't been to Salt Lake in so long. What's, the, what's, what's a good place to play in Salt Lake these days? Beer bar seems to be popping. Uh, I am terrible at getting out and supporting my local scene. Um, we do have some good all ages venues that the beer bar is one of those or outside of that. I would honestly love to see you come out and kick an acoustic set at the garage in North Salt Lake, which is just, kind of a, a killer bar next to a refinery with a dope kitchen and a, a super personal atmosphere to where you could just jive with your audience. Oh, dude. really? Oh, nice. That would be my ideal pick, but that's just me being selfish. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we, we have some shitty venues, too, that are just the sounds shit and the bars even worse. And <laughs> The crowds are always good. I mean, the the scenes always seem to be strong, and I I always love running into old people from back in the day when I do get out. But yeah, I, I do this no name podcast, and it's kind of been a way for me to reach out to people that I I don't really spend a lot of time with that I'd like to, or people that I appreciate, like Lenny Lashley, yourself. Um, I've been talking to very briefly and maybe I'll neither confirm or deny if he's going to be coming on the podcast mm -hmm. in the near or late future. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at, but I would say come out and play a solo gig at the garage on back, dude. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That'd be fun. 
I I love uh, Salt Lake. We've we've had so many good shows in Salt Lake. Well, when's the last time you guys were out in Salt Lake City? Uh, the last time that uh, the Briggs were in Salt Lake, I would say, was probably on our our last headline run with Left Alone. I think that was our last time there. Um, yeah, <laughs> so a while probably ago. like 2009 <laughs> or 10. It's probably been about 10 years. I did a solo. Sounds about right. I played. I played actually one. I played one solo gig, but it was on on Warped. Um, but it was it was uh, Warped in Salt Lake uh, at the when the acoustic acoustic basement uh, stage existed. That was probably 2013. I think was the last time. That was I think the last time I've been to Salt Lake. Well, come come on back out anytime you want, man. Uh, I I would be happy to help you find the best venues for the Briggs to potentially play a non-existent forthcoming album. Ah, maybe there you go. <laughs> Done. Uh, I think as far as as kind of catching up with what's been going on lately, that that's about all I've got for you. I would be a little bit curious as to where you've really first got into music and what maybe some of your inspiration or motivation is for being a musician. I'm sure it's not easy to be a vocalist and a guitarist and what got you going down that road, man? Um, well, actually I started out on drums. Um, when my, my parents were really big, um, music, Fans, they they weren't musicians themselves, but were very were very big uh, music fans. And um, when my uh, <clears throat> when I when I was around like ten or so, uh, my my brother and I both got guitars, and um, and he actually learned how to do stuff with it. And I just kind of <laughs> didn't. And um, and then I realized that actually maybe guitar wasn't the thing for me. And um, and then I started, I picked up the drums. And then so like that was sort of my first, that was where I started. And actually kind of worked out great because then, you know, we had a little bit more of like a actual band dynamic because he was doing guitar and I was doing drums. So um we usually would just like find a friend that would either learn bass or already knew bass. And then we'd basically start a band. Uh, and so we did that throughout our teens. Like that was pretty much what we did. Like throughout our, throughout our teens, like my, my parents were uh, always very, very supportive of us doing music and stuff like that. And they were all, they were both big, um, uh, classic rock fans. So like, you know, got introduced to the Beatles and the who and Led Zeppelin, all their record collection. And, um, but yeah. And I mean, even, even when the, the, you know, we, when we first started out as the band that kind of grew into the Briggs, which was a band called I decline, um, that I was playing drums to, just at first, so I was I was playing drums and singing and Jason was playing guitar and singing and um and 
Duck, the the original uh, bass player for the Briggs, was was in it. So it was just the three of us. And then we ended up getting like a cease and desist for the name I declined because some random bar band in Chicago owned the name for it. They were like, yo, you got to change your name or pay us a bunch of money. So we decided to change our name. And right around the same time, like that was like when we started really we were playing a ton of shows just like around LA and kind of going on little weekend trips here and there to like Arizona and up North, North up to Northern California and stuff like that. And, um, we were kind of starting to build some momentum cause we were, we were actually, we were working pretty hard at, at being the band. And, um, and we had kind of grown some relationships with, uh, with Simon Dummy and and um, and then we had played a show with with uh, the Huns and and Dwayne Peters took a liking to us and this kind of thing and so we had we had some things on the horizon and then and we just decided you know if this band want is gonna you know fuck us over the name then we might as well change our name and so we ended up changing it to the Briggs and then also um, at kind of simultaneously. A lot of a lot of the the the, the same um, commentary from 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 I would say industry professionals was just that being a drummer and a singer is just not really very uh, workable in most circumstances, apart from like you know point nine percent of the time, <laughs> like the, the carpenters and like you know and and. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe a couple other examples in in musical history, but um. So yeah. Anyways, so that was sort of the the decision that we made to just kind of. I came up from outside of the drums and and just kind of came up to the front, and then there was certain circumstances it made sense to play guitar as well. So I was I was never really like a full blown guitar player, you know. Sort of I kind of fell into it. It was more of a drummer that just was like, oh, just handed I'm to you. So singer, play this. <laughs> if I'm going to sing, and then my brother's going to sing a song, and I'm just going to fucking stand here. Obviously, I should probably play a guitar. And he's Mister Noodly solo guy, so he's got to hold down the rhythm stuff. So then that's sort of how that that came about, and it and it kind of it grew pretty. Um, consistently after that you know it was like as as soon as we kind of made that transition into uh front guy and not drummer you know uh singer guy it 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 turned into a real band it turned into like actually getting on on tours and shit and having label interest and things so i think all in all was was ended up being the right move and, um, but, but yeah, that's sort of just like a, a really quick recap of how we got into music. You know, my brother and I have basically been every band I've ever been in was with him, you know, like we, we started a bunch of different bands over the years. Just that's gotta be an awesome bond for you to have with him and vice versa and yeah, something and intimate for you guys to share like that. That's fucking rad. Yeah. And I mean, we've come full circle in a way like, you know, we, we became, especially towards like the end of our really active days as the Briggs, we, we became very, 
um, uh, I wouldn't, I mean, we're, I wouldn't say we were enemies, but we definitely just, we, it, we, we had a difficult time getting along just cause there was just so much tension with everything that was going on and, and, you know, and, and road life and, and, uh, just all the, the logistics of things. But now that we've been, you know, obviously we've had a lot of time to reflect and a lot of time to sort of go go back and look at it you know i i i find that we we have such a a, a good dynamic together and we and we really do we are we're, we're kind of counterparts in in a lot of ways whereas like you know I can see that. the things that i don't really thrive in are, are things that he's much better at which he's much more uh, attentive to detail and and on on that on the production side of things and i'm a little bit more of a broad stroke kind of person um so like you know there's there's definitely those those dynamics and we've we've definitely learned to appreciate each other over the years just because we you know we've we've basically been through it we've been through it all together and we've we've and i've even had that time alone doing solo stuff to also appreciate the things that he brought to the table, you know, as far as the more, the production side of things and, and the, the more, uh, detailed aspect of it. Cause it's just like, I'm, I'm a songwriter. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not so much a, a producer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and like, uh, um, yeah, exactly. Like, it's just more like I like to write songs and I like to tell stories. But as far as like getting into the nitty gritty, that's for somebody else, you know. Oh, good. Well said. <laughs> what do you uh, what would you say are some of your your musical inspirations or, or bands that help motivate you to continue that journey of being a musician and not only with the Briggs, but with your solo stuff. What what does Joey Briggs listen to? Let's put it that way. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, I listen to a lot. Of, I listen to a lot of um, a lot of stuff. I mean, I've been I've been really digging on on some of the newer uh, punk bands like Menzingers and stuff like that. Um, and then you know, uh, interestingly enough, like. I, I've, I've always been a, I'm, I'm really uh, a big fan of, of really good uh, lyricists and, and people who uh, tell really good stories like Billy Bragg and Elvis. I love some Billy Bragg, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Elvis Costello. And, and there's just, there's definitely my staples. Um, and, but, you know, interestingly enough, and and because I, I hate I hate to be a nostalgic person. I it's not it's not really something I I really thrive thrive to do because I, I feel like it's better to move forward than to look backward. But but recently I've just kind of I've been really digging on some of the more um, you know digging into some of the 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 early English. Um, punk stuff again like that i haven't listened to in a long time everything from whatever champ 69 to um uh 
um, angelic upstarts, just kind of all this stuff in, in, and crass and rudimentary penai and all these bands. Cause, because I find it just so fascinating because it's, you know, after a while, it, it, it may not seem like it at the time, but like it's, it has so much to do with, with history, you know, and it, oh, absolutely to do with what's going on, you know, uh, everything that's happening socially and politically in the world has such an influence on the music that gets created. And so the, the, that whole movement and everything that was going on at that particular time with all these, these young people that really started this, this movement, it's just like, it had everything to do with the, the social climate and, and the, you know, the political space that was, that existed. So like, I, I just find it fascinating just from a historical viewpoint, you know, just looking at it going, wow, this is, this is how people felt. And this is what, this is, this is, this was people's outlet at the time because shit was just so fucking conservative. If, if, if for lack of a better word, I just think like the UK was just so suffocated by, by, you know, uh, uh, tradition and, and proper form, if you will. And, and I, and I think that just the, the, the kids were just screaming like, Oh my God, get me out of this. You know, the, the outlash was brewing for a while and then it finally overflowed. And then it just came (laughs) to this thing. And then it was just like this, this huge, this huge outburst of bands that, that just, that came, came out you know, and, and from, from all different, they had their own kind of take on it, but it was just, but it, 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 it's really interesting just to see even, you know, the, the really well-spoken, you know, even, you know, obviously the clash was probably one of the best spoken as far as really, uh, definitely one of the best known ones but but not one of the only artists to be no no but as far as outspoken but i feel yeah but i feel like they 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 had their their ear to the ground a lot as far as like they really were discussing the 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 topics that were at hand and um you know i mean a lot of bands were too as well but i just as as an example of just how you know i i honestly feel like i i don't i don't really even see as much of that uh, uh, now, like, it's almost like everything's a little bit more of a throwback and like maybe a little bit more, um, broad or, or general term versus like actually talking about really specific, uh, uh, discussions that are happening right now and, and, and not, not just like a general like fuck authority or you know what I mean like but like have right. a real conversation about something that's happening right now and something that's really actually brewing in in today's society. Well, to kind of bring it back, I think honestly, as cheese balls it might sound, control alt right delete is kind of doing that in that sense. Uh, Lenny Lashley's all are welcome. I feel like definitely is paying homage to that. Yeah. So yeah, may, maybe the uh, the punk rockers aren't really quite dead yet, and and we're we're waking up a little no, bit. Absolutely not. <laughs> I think that I, honestly, I think that there's a really good um, 
there's a really good uh, resurgence of, of, of music that I, I think is is kind of exciting. You know, honestly, like I I think that it's we're sort of due for some really aggressive fucking shit too. Like you know, like like pop punk has come back in a really big way, which is fine, and that's cool. Is it? Okay. It's, All right. I'll be fair. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm being, I'm being diplomatic, but the, but the, you know, I, I feel like, um, I, I, I'm kind of, I, I see it brewing. Like I see this kind of like, Oh dude, people are ready for some fucking seriously strong, heavy shit. And I, and I kind of dig the fact that, that that's sort of, and I might be totally wrong, but I, mean, I don't know. Like, I'll just, I always just take myself as an example. <laughs> not that I have, not that I have my ear to the ground as far as the kids go or anything like that. But even like when I, when, you know, I mean, I go way back with the casualties just to give some perspective. Like we, the first shit we did together was like in 2001. So like, I mean, that, that lineup and that band is very, you know, that's a sacred thing in a lot of ways, but at the same time, like I totally get what's going on there. And, and when I, and, and listening to the record and I'm like, fuck yes. Like that's, I need that right now. I need a fucking, I need some balls for the wall, street punk fucking shit. That's just like fast and angry and just, you know, it's it just, just, I, I need that. Like I, I'm, yeah. you know, as, as much as I really, I'm, 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 I have a, I, I'm definitely more of a, of a melody kind of a person. And I definitely would, 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 um, say I, 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 I lean towards melody in a lot of ways. Um, but right now I'm kind of like, I, I could I could go away. I could go away from that for a little bit and and have have myself some seriously just like very heavy, minory fucking songs that are just like I just want to you know punch something to you know like that's <laughs> I'm feeling that I'm feeling that right now and uh, so yeah and and it you know I, I feel like every everything ebbs and flows and everything's been very much about melody right now and i think everything's been very uh melodic and poppy and i think it's time for uh some uh some angry angry shit and if i were to, if i were to write some songs right now i would definitely feel like i would i would want to i would want them to be pretty heavy <laughs> <laughs> write those songs i I do like what you're saying, though, and I, I think you have a point. My music spectrum is all over the place, dude, and sometimes it's going to be some – would it be classic punk these days or modern punk or hardcore or black metal or folk music or country or – you know what I mean? It might be Edith Pilaf one day and – I don't know, death by stereo the next day or minute even. Uh, I'm kind of all over the place. And, and sometimes you need to get a little bit rowdy and you need to get some fuck yous out there. And yeah. now might be a good time for that, I think. is If that's what you're saying, I'm all on board. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I just think that, like, you know, it, it's 
when you get too much of one thing, it's time for the next. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And so like, and I, and I definitely think that we've, we've had enough of sort of the, the more, the more melodic thing. And I think it's time, I think it's time to just, you know, ah, get some fucking shit out uh, there and, and really, uh, really hit it. Lead the charge, man. Write, write a new Briggs album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, it, it, the time for being passive is through. And I think it is time to, to be a little bit more aggressive in maybe not a physical violence way, but in a, poetic way through music or you know hopefully this through a podcast or if somebody wants to do something they should apply themselves and do it and if people dig it right on and if they don't they can always go fuck themselves yeah <laughs> yeah so it's really I, important to to have that that you know that perspective too because it really is just really important just to do something and not really i mean and i'm I'm, i have to take my own advice on this i'm not i'm not really saying this from a from a perspective of i'm i'm perfect but i i definitely think that uh it's really important to just create something and not not really without the the concern of what you know what the effect will be on the on the other end and because I've I've already I've I've been there and I and I know what it's what it's like to to be concerned with that and and have that, but I just I I, I do see that like even from from any perspective from from whether it's visual art to uh, audio art wherever the fuck it is I mean there's definitely um, it, there's always those concerns about how it will be received but I I really feel like when you throw that out the window and, and you and you think about it more from just the perspective of creating and not concerned with um, the the uh, the attention or, or whatever it, it, it receives is, is is very important. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, Joey, I said I, I would take up about an hour of your time and we're just going over that. I'm more than happy to keep the conversation going, but at the same time, I, I do understand you have a family and a life outside of being on my podcast with my handful of listeners that may or may not tune in. Uh, with that said, do you do you have any questions for me or is there anybody you want to mention or shout out or anything else that you might want to bring up that we didn't get a chance to go over i think we went over most of it although those um those antlers there behind you are that what is that over there that's that's my only those ones that i'm pointing with with my pen here one Uh, that would be deer antlers those ones are actually real and a friend of mine who was a hunter gifted those actually to my wife and then i just put them on my bookshelf where they have remained next to my ganesian giant Darth Vader I, toy uh, figure there. Uh, I forget. I can't see you, but you can see me. Oh, yeah. And then I've, okay. I've got a bunch of other random shit in my <laughs> office here. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, it was really great chatting with you. I had a good time. And that does it for another episode of the Dead Serial Podcast. Huge thank you to Joey for giving me some of his time, catching up, letting you guys know what's going on. Uh, I do have one retraction for this show. Joey asked me about good venues in Salt Lake City. I said the beer bar, and I'm at the Beehive, 666 South State Street. 
Uh, my brother Justin's band Temple Smoke is kicking out a free show on 420. Go check it out. Uh, outside of that, I usually leave you guys with an outro song of one of my favorites. Tonight I'll leave you with a new one of my favorites. Please support these guys. Go to thebriggs.bandcamp.com. Buy some of their music. Their new single, Because You're Young. An amazing Coxbar cover uh, featuring Matt from Noise. Uh, if you don't know about Noise, check them out. Dope project. Thank you again, Joey. Have a good night. Because you're young, sharp as a knife, you need that buzz to come alive. Out on the edge, out on the town, you ain't got time to settle down. You're always sure, you're always right. You see it all in black and white You never listen to anyone Because you're young Because you're young You're torn between A world of hate And a world of dreams So much to lose So much to gain so much to fight for, so much to change. You don't look back, you don't look down. You gotta turn everything around. You live your life like a loaded gun because you're young. Stop talking.
Fuck, I forgot to ask Joey for a movie clip.